No, sir. The batteries are situated on the shelf behind the counter in order to prevent them being stolen. Did you know batteries are the most shoplifted item in Britain? They're certainly the most shoplifted item in this shop. Or at least they used to be until I started putting them on a shelf behind the counter. Now the most shoplifted item in this shop is all the other items. I'm losing about £3,000 a week through shoplifted stock. But I've still got the batteries. They'll not get them. Oh, they'll try. And they'll try again. And then they'll try again. They'll try today. They'll try tomorrow. They'll try on Christmas Day. And they'll try on New Year's Day. They'll even try on days when the shop is not open. Like Christmas Day and New Year's Day. But they'll not get those batteries. I had a lady in here just the other day. She tried. She nearly made it too. But I caught her at the door. She had a baby in a push chair. Only a few days old it was. She came in looking for baby formula for the baby. Baby formula for a baby, I thought. Nothing unusual there. But she couldn't find it. Even though the baby formula section of the baby shelving unit is very clearly marked. I'm ashamed to tell you that I dropped my guard. I forgot how everyone who comes into this shop is trying to steal those batteries. And I came out from behind the counter to help that lady with the baby find the baby formula. I've only got myself to blame. I found the baby formula quite easily. As I said, the baby formula section of the baby shelving unit is very clearly marked. But as soon as I found it and showed it to her, suddenly she changed her mind. She didn't want baby formula anymore and she needed to get home quickly due to an emergency. She turned the pushchair around, pointed it toward the door and started to walk out. But she didn't make it. Not quite. Because I stopped her at the door. And when I asked to inspect that lady's baby, you can imagine what I found. That's right. She'd hollowed that baby out and filled him with batteries. Not batteries she'd bought. Batteries she'd stolen. Stolen from me. They were my batteries. They were not her batteries. They were mine. I didn't call the police. I never do. There's no point. You get a dozen policemen in here with their yellow tape and their stun guns. Who knows how many batteries they'll take with them when they leave. We need them for evidence, they say. I've heard it all before. No, it's easier just to deal with it myself. But just as hard as I tried to prevent battery thieves gaining entry to this shop, they tried just as hard to get in here. The lady with the pushchair and the hollowed out baby was back in here the very next day, despite the fact I'd told her never to return. This time she'd brought her husband with her. Large man he was, large but quiet, didn't speak a word. She told me she was so ashamed of what had happened the day before that she wanted to apologise to me in front of her husband. I let her talk, quite enjoyed the performance if I'm honest, but when she turned to leave I was waiting for her at the door, and when I carried out an inspection of her husband, you can guess what I found. That's right, hinges, hinges all the way down the side of the man, opened up like a cigar box he did, and you don't need me to tell you what I found inside, but I will anyway. I found batteries inside, lots of them, like I said. Her husband was a large man. I took the batteries off sale once, hid them in a box underneath the counter and never said a word about them. 
Anyone came in asking for batteries, I played the fool. Told him I didn't have any. Told him I didn't sell them. Told him to go down the road and get some at the battery shop. It didn't work. They kept coming back. Said they'd heard a rumour. Said they'd seen someone walk out of here with some batteries in his hand. So there they are. Those batteries, so highly prized. On display, but out of reach. People ask me about them, just as you did. I get asked about them all the time. But I tell everyone the same thing. Sorry, sir. Sorry, madam. Those batteries are not for you. When you find out that not only has a foreign friend or, or British relative contracted nits, but they've kept them a secret, and by doing so put your life in danger, your first thought might be to cast those people from your life with instructions never to contact you again. I should know. It happened to me. However, thanks to the pioneering work by British scientists, no longer is it necessary to chain unsanitary individuals like my neighbour beneath an isolated bridge and pass them food in an old sack tied to the end of a billiard queue. The recent British discovery of the nitcomb has put an end to the nightmare that nearly tore our British family apart. This groundbreaking British discovery will hopefully be the first step in putting an end to the thousands of people every year placed in long-term isolation to ensure the continued safety of the general British public. Whenever someone British you love becomes infested with nits, just carefully draw one of these British-made combs through their British hair and watch as the lice are removed completely. It is my solemn hope that this incredible British invention will finally see an end to the thousands of unfortunate people burnt at the stake every year for allowing their heads to become a haven for scalp lice. Reps are very important to me, and in fact the only thing more important to me than reps are my children, Jeff and Maisie, watching me whilst I perform reps. I mean, reps are important to a bodybuilder because they allow you to demonstrate the importance of commitment. If I was performing reps in front of my children, and I only did, I don't know, for instance, 200 bicep curls, it would be unlikely that they'd have any respect for me. The reason it's so important for them to stand and watch me doing the reps, friend of hours in the gym, is that it teaches them the importance of respect. Respect for me. King and the Revenge of the Dinosaurs. Like all cool people, Cool King liked animals. Cool King's favourite animal was all animals, but he also liked all the other animals too. One day, the court jester was leaning on the battlements, thinking of ways to amuse Cool King, and as he scanned the kingdom for inspiration, he saw the unmistakable shapes of some dinosaurs crowning the horizon. At first, the jester thought he was mistaken, and the unmistakable shapes were something else. But when he looked again, 
He was certain and ran off to tell Cool King. Your Majesty! Your Majesty! shouted the court jester as he burst into the throne room. I've just seen some dinosaurs and they're heading this way! Dinosaurs? exclaimed Cool King. Why, that's... That's the, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you truly are the, the finest court jester a king could wish for. Nobody, <laughs> nobody has seen a dinosaur around here for a, at least ten years. And yet you pretend <laughs> you have seen one for my amusement. Oh, bravo. <laughs> You are excused from your duties for the rest of the week. Return to your chamber and prepare for three days of leisure. <laughs> the court jester bowed graciously to Cool King before leaving the throne room. About a mile from Cool King's castle was a small settlement of around a hundred families. Though it had taken almost a century for the village to establish itself, it was totally destroyed and all the inhabitants trampled to death or bitten in half by the dinosaurs in approximately 30 seconds. When news of the tragedy reached Cool King, he threw back his head and roared with laughter. <sighs> <laughs> oh my goodness, yelled Cool King. <laughs> that court jester is really quite a character. <laughs> I gave him three days off following his extraordinary dinosaur joke. <laughs> and instead of spending the time relaxing, he has staged this elaborate stunt in an attempt to keep his king amused. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good, very good. As news of each new destroyed village reached Cool King, the sound of joyous laughter emanating from the throne room grew ever more prolonged. <laughs> oh, 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 I must go to the battlements and witness for myself this incredible fantasia! <laughs> cool King was heard to say between gasps. So he and his courtiers went directly to the top of the castle. When they reached the summit of the very tallest turret and looked out, their eyes were met with a scene of unparalleled devastation. The dinosaurs had rampaged across the land, destroying villages and trampling hundreds of Cool King's loyal subjects to death. After a few moments, the stunned silence on the battlements was broken by the sound of laughter. <laughs> oh, 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 dear me. Oh, that jester was telling the truth all along. <laughs> Roared Cool King. I thought he was making a joke to amuse me, but he wasn't. <laughs> it was all true. <laughs> and thousands of people have actually <laughs> been killed and eaten by dinosaurs. <laughs> Bravo! But then, Cool King stopped laughing, and an expression of extreme solemnity appeared on his face as he considered his words. Wait a minute. 
said Cool King. If none of this was a joke, that means I gave that jester three days off for nothing. Find him and have him beheaded immediately. And with that, Cool King turned on his heel and went back inside the castle, the sounds of his joyous laughter still audible for several minutes afterwards. So everything worked out nicely in the end for Cool King. Hello, Nathan Pickledon here with some more poetry. Now, if you're a regular listener to this program, you'll probably remember that I recently spoke to a gentleman at the offices of the publishing company I submitted a manuscript to. Well, as I didn't hear anything from him, despite being told someone would be in touch with me soon, I decided to pay him a visit last week. It's obviously quite unusual for them to receive visitors as they appeared somewhat surprised to see me. Nevertheless, I was treated cordially, and the same gentleman assured me I would be hearing from him very soon. It was nice to put a face to a voice, because, of course, you never know when you may need to pay a second visit to someone under cloak of night if the promises they make to you are not kept a second time. This poem is called The Inevitable. Tick. Tock. The bomb is ticking. Time moves on, inexorably, unrelentingly, inescapably. Detonation is the fault not of the bomb, but of those that set the timer. Thank you.